everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori, and today we are sharing our strategies on how to stay organized and motivated in our reselling business. We all know how much I love organization. (laughs) So with the new school year upon us and many of us working from home or not working at all, Lori and I wanted to offer you guys, our listeners, some insight on what we do to stay on task, what motivates us, and how we stay productive. All right, everyone, let's get to it. That was our fifth take for that very simple intro. And it was hard to keep a straight face the whole time because I just want to laugh. I usually one take and we're good, but you know. that part's written down. So this is a scary podcast. We just can't do scripts, I guess. Mm, mm. (laughs) Hi, Lori. Hello, honey. How are you doing today? I'm okay. It was a beautiful, almost fall day, which was very nice. Oh my gosh. I was just saying every window in our house was open in my office. It was like this great cross breeze and it was, it was just amazing. These, these are the days. I know. It's just like, I I know everyone says it's still August. It's still summer. Listen, there's one day left in August and I cannot (laughs) wait for fall. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so excited. Well, you know what happens here in Boston or outside of Boston is as soon as August hits, cause like we love our pool and stuff, but as soon as August hits and the nights get cooler, like the pool is out of commission cause it's just too cold and my kids are wimps. So as soon as the pool closes and they stop swimming, it's like, to me, summer is over and it's sad. And with COVID, we don't have our traditional like Labor Day cookouts and all the stuff that kind of marks the end of summer formally. Yeah. So I think that's why everyone's just like, okay, maybe we should get on with it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just over summer. I'm just over it. Just give me the fall and the sweaters and the leggings. And the, I just want to wear boots. Like I'm just patiently waiting to wear my boots. It was a pretty hot summer here in New England. It was very humid this year. Yeah. Very, very humid. I don't mind the heat, but it was pretty warm. It was warm this summer. Yeah. But yeah. So today was a beautiful day. And I think today's topic is going to be really fun for us because I would say when it comes to organization, um, you and I, you know, we just have different approaches probably. And one of us is more organized than the other. I will let the audience <laughs> guess, guess who that is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's fun. And um, I just did a video on trying to stay organized. I was literally overwhelmed and had planned to do a different video that day and woke up and like just could not get my act together to do the video I had planned. And um, so I spent a good part of my morning just getting organized and trying to prioritize what would make my day run smoother. And when when I figured it all out for that day, I'm like, I think this is what I'm going to do my video on. And so it was kind of an off the cuff video, but the response was that a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed right now. So I think this is a good time for this. Yeah, I agree. And I think as we're heading into September and back to school, either has already happened or it's going to be happening. So in this neck of the woods here in Rhode Island, and I don't know, I think Massachusetts as well, they've pushed the start date for schools, the public school system to September 14th here. No, um, the 16th. Okay, the 16th, so a couple of days after us. Um, and we still don't know. Like, it's just so up in the air. So I know people that may be local to us that listen, you know, they need to um, figure out what they're going to be doing <laughs> when back to school happens. If they're going to be distance learning, how are they going to stay organized in their reselling business or just business in general? Because some people listen to us that aren't resellers. Um, yeah, and I think for a while we were all coasting. I mean, I can only speak for myself. But, you know, we kind of dealt with the heavy duty lockdown in March and April, and then things started to lighten up a little bit in May. But then everybody kind of, you know, we went through summer and I can't believe we're going on six months with this or five, six months. I don't know. I've like literally lost time. But I do think that I was coasting for a while. And then fall is on the horizon in, you know, back to school, like you said, Daniela. And it's just like, I think a lot of us are just craving some structure. Yeah. And I also, to speak to those who don't have children that are going back to school, um, there's a lot of people not going back to the office either. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that makes it difficult, or maybe you don't have a job to go back to. And if that's the case, I'm very sorry. Um, But it's a reality that a lot of people are going through right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, maybe reselling now is becoming your full-time gig and you're like, "I, I have no idea how to even plan a day 
as a full-time reseller because I've never had to deal with this. And then you add a pandemic to the mix and store hours are different and limits within the store are different. You know, there's just so many factors right now. So hopefully you guys find this um, educational and helpful and uh, maybe you'll pick up a few tips and implement it in your business. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's get into it. I was just saying to Daniela too when we started, when my husband got word that he wasn't going back to the office until at least January, that was definitely a moment where he had to reassess. And he went into Boston, and then he finally picked up his larger keyboard and his uh, monitor, and we changed our room around a little bit just to make his space a little more sacred and common yeah. for work. And it's amazing what a difference it's made. But like I said, he was coasting through most of the summer and it was about two weeks ago he made this change and it's made a huge difference. So sometimes the little things can really kind of set you on a better path and a more organized path. So hopefully some of what we say today will resonate. Yeah. So the first, I think the most important thing that you need to do when it comes to organization is the planning part, right? Planning your day. And this looks different for everyone. Um, so for, for me, that means I'm writing it down and using some sort of electronic version um, as well. Uh, so Lori, you are a passion planner fan. I actually just purchased my passion planner on Thursday. I'm very excited that should be coming in this week. Um, so why don't you give a little bit of your testament to using a passion planner and then we'll talk about other tools people can use too. Okay, sure. Well, just, just to start, I have been like a paper planner person <laughs> for several, several years. So when I was a young mom and my son is 21, my oldest, but when he was a young kid, I um, used to use the mom agenda which I really liked because it gave me different sections for members of my family. So that was super helpful. And then when they got a little bit older and they weren't so structured or they kind of kept their own schedule a little bit, um, I moved on to Erin Condren planners. For those of you who may be familiar with Erin Condren, she has pretty vibrant, beautiful, high quality spiral bound planners. And I used hers for maybe three or four years and loved it. Um, but I was also a scrapbooker for many years. So I really loved the stickers and the playfulness and the, I guess, busyness for lack of a better word. And then it just, for me, got to be a little much. And so the passion planner was like this open-ended planner that I could make as structured and as decorative as I wanted, or I could make it total minimalist or just streamline or just no, no frills. And that's what I love about it because I am a very creative person. However, some weeks I'm, I'm just not feeling it. I just need to get my thoughts down on a planner. So that's kind of how I started with the passion planner. I think I'm on year four with the passion planner and I just became an ambassador for them. Um, Use so code Lori 10. Huh? Yes, yes. If you, if you would like to get a passion planner, if you use code Lori10 at checkout, you will save 10% on your purchase. Um, thank you to anybody who's already used that code. Thank you, Daniela. Um, but yeah, so I, I love, th so this year, so they offer different sizes. They offer three different sizes and their book is flat when you open it. And that's one of the things I really like. So when I write across, like I don't have the spiral bound um, thing in the center. So that made a difference for me. And um, you can have a Monday start. You can customize it when you order it. And so I guess what I'm getting at is because we all plan so differently. Like I start my week on a Monday. So I always would order a Monday start. There are three different sizes. There are dated calendars and undated. This was the first year that I ordered an undated calendar because I feel like I used to get planner guilt if I would you know, put money into these planners and then I would get it and then I wouldn't write in it for a week. And I hated like flipping the page with empty pages. So same way. yeah, so it would really bother me. So, but it's a little bit more work to get the undated because you have to write everything in. But if I, if there was ever a time in history where the undated calendar would come in handy, I think it's right now. So for the first time I ordered an undated and also you can prolong the life of your calendar too, where, you know, an annual year, just it's dated. So when the year's over, the year's over. But if I skip a few weeks in between, you know, I might get a little more life out of the undated one. And in addition to the undated, um, they offered a daily calendar that came out in 2019. And it's little, they only make that in like the compact small size, but it gives you like a day at a glance on the left-hand side. And then on the right-hand side, it's just like dotted, like just open, almost like you can make it like graph paper. You can just 
brainstorm, you can draw, you can doodle, whatever you want. But on days that I'm super busy, I use the daily calendar as mostly like a checklist. And I find that that's really helpful for me. And then I mostly focus on the week at a glance in the larger calendar for myself. And I just get the, the big things in there. But my go-to is kind of the daily right now. And it's just like, you know, and I highlight things as I move through the day. So I would just say that the passion planner is just super open-ended and you can really customize it. And I noticed you, Daniela, ordered some pretty decorative stuff for your planner. Yeah. So I definitely like pretty things. Um, <laughs> the, I can't lie. Uh, but I also have a creative, so I used to scrapbook too. I haven't done it and I can't, I don't know, probably like 10, 10, 12 years. I but I used to scrapbook like all the time. Yeah. I used to do it all the time. I used to love going to Michael's and and grabbing all the different paper when it was on sale and, you know, and I would spend hours on a Saturday or Sunday and that was my thing. I would scrapbook. Um, so I've been looking at the passion planner for a while and then uh, Lori started talking about it. And I was like, you know, I really should just bite the bullet and just do it. Just, just get it because I can buy planners at the store and I'm so guilty of doing this. I go to Marshall's or TJ Maxx and the planners are really cute, but like I'd never mm -hmm. stick with it because it's just a basic generic planner. That I Which is absolutely about. fine. I mean, I feel like right. if people can like stick with that, that's great. But there is like a whole subculture in a community with Passion Planner. They have their own YouTube channel to like yeah. get motivated. So like it's, it, you're like part of something, I feel. Yeah. And I think it's fun to be creative with it. Like, uh, like bullet journaling, right? I did a little bit of bullet journaling for a little bit, but um, again, didn't really find the time for it. But I feel like you could bullet journal within the passion planner, which I liked. So I can, you know, have segments of my passion planner where it's almost like bullet journaling drawings and stuff I can add in there. And then I found the stickers, which was very convenient where I don't even have to do the drawing part of it. I can just color in if I want to. Um, so, you know, it, it brings out a creative element that I don't always tap into anymore. Um, and I just like the way it's laid out. And I like that you mentioned that it's flat because that's like one of my pet peeves when it comes to planners, when they aren't flat. And then it's almost hard to write when you get to that middle portion where the paper, where the pages come together. Um, so that I like. That's a huge thing for me. And um, before we move on, I, I don't know how long we want to spend on Passion Planner, but I do want to say that if you're contemplating getting one, if you go to passionplanner.com, um, you, this is what another thing I love about this company, you can print they have all these free downloads, um, printables. So say you're contemplating, well, do I want the large or the medium? You print out your week and you practice. And then they have like the dots. So you can do bullet journaling. They have habit trackers. They have a water tracker. They have a finance tracker. They have so many things that you can print out and use before you buy. So you can just try to get into a rhythm and see what works for you. And I just think it's great that they have coloring sheets. They have so much that you can just download and um, try before you buy, which I think is awesome. And they always have different artwork on some of their covers and um, money goes to a certain organization based on like who did the artwork and what they're affiliated with. Like the company is just incredible. So highly yeah. recommend I'm excited to dive in. I'm going to start checking out some of the YouTube channels and stuff too, and make it like something fun for me to do outside of reselling, right? Like just to have, even if it's a half hour a day where I'm, you know, planning and then I'm doing some type of fun doodles or something, you know, and watch some videos. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about that. So the passion planner is one way. Yeah that you can go. Um, no pressure, obviously, but Lori is an ambassador. So I will have the code too in the show notes for you guys. Um, so you can, you can check that out as well. Uh, but there are other online tools that can help you with organization. And then we'll go into the steps of like what we do and what you should do to keep yourself organized when you're planning. Um, so one of the things on here that I can speak to only because I've used it in the past when I worked in a marketing firm is Trello. So Trello is T-R-E-L-L-O, um, and it's a great collaboration tool. So you can use it uh, with various people. You can do it yourself, or you can collaborate with a team of people or an, one other person, and you can kind of use it any way you want. So the way that I used it previously was for social media. Um, it's where I cr you create different boards, and uh, you basically create little checklists or um, almost like project management 
and you assign things to different people and it's called like adding cards to it and it's it's fun it's creative you can change the backgrounds on different things you can invite people you can make it personal i just like the layout of it it's very so if you've worked in marketing or social media before it very much follows that type of um almost like a vision board type flow to it yeah where it's there's, for team planning yeah so i like it for that reason um I use it for like my own personal stuff too. And I was planning out um, different goals that I wanted to hit. Like I just went in, I haven't gone into it in quite some times. I haven't used it. And one of them was when I was in the process of purchasing a new car and I had like different boards created and how to get to the car that I wanted. And so um, it's a visual way of doing it. And you can, you know, same thing, check things off, change colors. So it's a digital version of basically doing what the passion planner does but yeah. um, flat scale. <laughs> you know, there are so many people who are digital people. So I, yeah. I, I by no means am like pushing the passion planner unless it's something that, you know, it's, if when we talk about it, it sounds like something that might be interesting to you. Um, I wish sometimes that I was better at planning digitally. I just find that I am a paper and pencil kind of a person. So, um, and I always say I can use all the reminders I can get. So as we keep talking, I do use a digital version of some planning, but, um, but yeah, it, it's just not my thing, but for so many people, they've gone the route of digital. Which yeah. Is I do a mix of both because I feel like I need both and I do it in multiple places. I don't know. That's just how my brain works. I have to have it in multiple places. And so it's on my phone, it's on my laptop, it's on my computer. I mean, it's on my iPad, you know, it's on my Apple watch, like, but I, it comes from different apps and different reminders. I feel like I yeah, everybody. So I tried for years to get my mom to use a planner because I was so, you know, I loved them so much. Yeah. And um, my mom's planner is she puts post-it notes on her bathroom mirror. I'm yeah. not joking. Like on any day I go there, it's like dentist appointment on Thursday at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she has like five sticky notes on her mirror and that is her system. That works for her. So my know, mom does the same thing. You with have to do what works for you. Mm -hmm. My mom does the same thing, but she puts it on like different sheets of paper that are in her purse. And I'm like, this is so inefficient, mom. And then you can't remember anything. She's like, no, it works for me. I'm like, okay. It works for them. Works for you. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is Google Keep. So Lori, you got into Google, Google Keep thanks to Anthony. <laughs> yes, I did. And you know, I haven't been using it recently um, as much as I did a few months back. But what we still keep using it for is our family grocery list. So we all go into Google Keep and we add things. So then whoever ends up at the grocery store, because now that I have like two adult children, when they were home, sometimes they would go to the grocery store. So whoever went would grab it. But yeah, Google Keep is like digital post-it notes. Yeah. And um, you can start, you can color code. So, and you can have different lists. Like I had one post-it note, like virtual post-it note for YouTube ideas. I had one for supplies I needed to order on Amazon. I had one for direct sales order that orders that needed to be filled, one for a grocery list. So it's an infinite amount of little stickers and it, it almost looks like Tetris. Like they all fit in like a puzzle on the screen for you and the color is whatever you assign the color to be. Um, and it just fits in nice and you can check things off as you go. So another form of like list keeping. Yeah. I, Google Keep and, Tre and Trello are, are similar in the way that they're laid out, um, but Trello's more, like if you're big in designing and social media, like I, I think Trello is the way to go. So if you need organization with that realm, um, mm -hmm. I think Trello's a better way to go. Google Keep is good for like everything else. Google Keep is also free. I think we should mention, and I'm yes. guessing that Trello. It's free for a portion of it. And then if you want more advanced features, you'd have to pay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, the next thing, very simple, but either Google Calendar or your Apple Calendar, you could do it that way too. If you just want to put reminders and notifications on your personal uh, cell phone device or iPad or whatever it is that you're using, whatever tablet you're using, you can just use a calendar feature that's on your electronic device. So. And I actually have been using my Google Calendar recently for content planning because I found it wasn't really working for me in paper form because things moved around so much. So um, I've, I've deemed YouTube like red and Instagram gold, like I have different colors. And so like, like in the example of the other day, when I decided to change my topic for YouTube, I just clicked on it and I moved that little 
title over two days or whenever I was going to schedule it. So I've been doing content planning and it's probably not the most efficient, but it works for me because I found in my planner, I was scratching things out. I was making arrows. I was making a mess of my planner and I like my planner to be somewhat pretty, even though it's practical and um, I still want it to look good. So, and I also, this is like a great hack is I found these, um, erasable pens that have been life-changing in my planner. They work so well. I wish I had the name of them. Danielle, I'll try to remember and um, we can put them in the show notes, but they're um, they're inexpensive and they erase very clean. I mean, they're not like 100%, but they're like 98%. And it's been such a game changer in my planner to just keep it neat for me. But yeah, so for that reason, I was using Google Calendar because I needed to move things around a lot. I like that. I like erasable pens, but I feel like the ones you buy at the stores are typically awful <laughs> and you can't erase well. Oh, the reviews were good. They were inexpensive. Oh. Like love them. I'll, I'll, we'll have awesome. to. Include them in the notes. Yeah. And I'll probably buy some too, because I am notorious for like, er, like needing to cross things out. And I don't like when my planner looks messy. <laughs> yeah, actually I'm on, um, keep talking. I will look on Amazon cause I, perfect. My computer. Um, so the next one we're going to talk about, and I, again, have used this in the past in my previous um, employment, but it is called Evernote. Um, so Evernote is a great place where, and it's free. I mean, they have obviously a paid version as well if you have a big um, organization and you need multiple people to be on Evernote. But basically, it's a place for you to take notes. Um, you can share ideas with people that you can put your meeting notes in there, projects, to-do lists. It's the same type of format. You can download the app on your phone um, or iPad or whatever, I'm sure. It's on Android as well. Um, and it's just another way for you to maybe jot down ideas of um, maybe content that you're trying to create and you can kind of bullet that out. Or maybe you are doing some type of consultation of some sort and you need to um, have a nice streamlined way of putting all the information together. So Evernote is just another tool that's out that's been around for a very long time. I want to say Oh, I don't know, at least 10 years. Um, because I used to use it in college sometimes oh, wow. to take my notes. Yeah, so it's been around for a really long time. It's evolved quite a bit from when it first came out. But um, Evernote is a little green elephant, and then it says Evernote. So that's how you know what that is. But it is nice that it um, that I do have an app. So if you want to just use it on your phone, you don't. let's say you don't have a computer, all you have is your um, cellular device. So you can use that on your phone as well. Um, we talked about this, the phone calendar, Google calendar, they kind of go together mm-hmm. and then the good old paper and pencil. There is nothing wrong with paper and pencil. I when think, all else fails. yeah, I mean, sometimes the digital stuff is hard to keep up with, or maybe it just doesn't flow with, with your day or you just don't enjoy it. You know, paper and pencil is totally fine. <laughs> Um, I did all of my intake. I, I did not start using a spreadsheet until about three months ago and I've been reselling for over two years. Yeah. So um, I did everything paper and pencil and it, it actually worked fine for me for a long time. And I think it's, I think it still could work now. Um, it just, it, my process just a little faster because I type faster than I write. So yeah, I think it all depends on where you are too in your journey. So for some people, they start right off with spreadsheets and some people don't. There's no right or wrong way. It's whatever works for you, whatever keeps you the most organized and the most productive. Mm-hmm. So now that we have these tools that we could use, right? So wh- what are we going to do with them? Like, how do we actually prioritize all this stuff? So um, the first thing is uh, create a list or a step-by-step guide, whatever is most helpful for you of what you need to do either for that day or for the week, however you want to plan it out. Everyone plans differently. I create two plans. I do a weekly and then I do a daily um, because the weekly are things I'd like to do and the daily are things that like I have to do kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, And I think in most things, like you're just looking for that, like the few things that are non-negotiables, the things that really Mm -hmm. need to get done. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you build your day around the things that are most important to you, whether you write it down, whether it's just, you know, there every day, like a a little three item checklist or whatever it is that works for you. I find that if you get the big things done first, it kind of eases the pressure for the rest of the day, whether that's exercise, whether that's your shipping, whatever it is, you know, and if you get the big stuff done first, I feel like you can breathe a little bit later in the day and then, and then check things off um, that are less important. Right. And I think it's important to remember, and I made this little uh, notation in our notes, 
to, to mention to you guys is you need to think of quality over quantity. So you don't necessarily have to get a million things done in a day. It's what is going to be essential for you to get that you need to get done. What is essential for your business? Like what are the most important quality items that need to be done in your business? So that could be things that are time sensitive, things that are going to um, increase your productivity. Um, so let's talk that, real things, Daniela. Tell me like yeah. what, what are your most essential things in a day? So my three most essential things that I need to do every day is, well, for Poshmark, I need to share right? That is essential to me. I have to do that, whether it's once a day, five times a day, whatever. Um, the second thing that I absolutely have to do is I, so I do two things when it comes to listing. So listing is the overarching um, second thing, but there are two brackets that come off of that. The first one is I list anywhere from three to five items throughout the day. So I might list one at like 6 a.m. I might list um, two on my lunch break, and then I might list two or three more at night um, mm -hmm. after dinner. The other part of the listing that I need to do is I pick five of my oldest listings. Um, so I, I have them on the spreadsheet on Sarah Styles' dashboard. I go through my inventory and I see what's, been, what's the oldest. I pick five of those items. I take those items, I revise them. I maybe redo pictures, whatever it is. Um, and I relist them or I just edit them and don't relist. Um, it depends on my mood. <laughs> and the third thing that I have to do because I've listed three to five items on Poshmark, I now need to cross list those three to five items on eBay and Mercari or Tradesy, depending on the item. So those are my three things that I'm doing every single day, every single day. I'm yeah. never changing that. And shipping is added to that list um, on the days that I ship. So I typically ship on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, so that will be added to my Monday, Wednesday, Friday list. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So those are like the biggies that, that you would put in. And then, you know, maybe in my case, like maybe I'll get to make dinner or maybe I'll order <laughs> out or like, you know, it depends yep. on, you know, what I put on my list. I, f I feel like lately exercise keeps getting booted, um, which is, which is not good. I, and it's just, it's just a matter of what I'm making a priority, you know? So for me, it's listing and sharing and shipping. Like those are the biggies. Um, I try to list, I'm, I have not been good about cross posting. I put it on my list every day, but it's like a little further down on the list. Yeah. And I haven't been good about cross posting, but um, I gave myself like this week in the little graph area, well, it's just open area of my passion planner. I did a grid with a hundred squares um, because I wanted to do a hundred listings by tonight. And I got to about 35. So I, I did that on Thursday, I think. And then, you know, I didn't get to it. So I think it's important, you know, that we don't always get to the things on our list, even, even if they are important. But I mean, I was listing at least five a day, like that was kind of my, my bare minimum that I would allow myself to get away with. But um, yeah, I, I think it's important that you put the, the big stuff in first, and then, you know, it gives you a little bit more flexibility as the day goes on. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, what our priorities are might not be your priorities. And that's fine when it comes to reselling, because we all are looking at different things. It depends on what platform you're selling on too. So if you're not a predominant Poshmark seller, sharing isn't going to be on your top list. It's not going to be one of the top three. It, you know, your top one might yeah, be four hours extra a day. If you're yeah. not, <laughs> yeah, your top thing might be going through your eBay store and, um, you know, sending out offers to everyone that's a watcher, or maybe it's running a markdown sale, or maybe sell similar. I know a lot of people yeah. when, comes, um, when they're right. time ready to expire, they do the sell similar thing, which, um, right. yeah, that, that seems to be something that eBay people build into their schedule. Right. So your processes might be a little bit different depending on what platform you're selling on, regardless of whatever platform you're on. You know, I think having a top three is helpful. Um, you might only have a top one or top two because you don't have time to worry about a top three. Maybe your your top thing that you're going to focus on is um, building out drafts every day so that you can list one to two items because that's the only thing that you have time for. Maybe you build out drafts all weekend long and then your one big task during the week is to make sure you post two to three drafts every yeah. day. Right. Because I mean, now like our friend Sarah is homeschooling and, and I know that um, people who are homeschooling, that has now become a priority. And um, so for business, yeah, that might be all people can get done in a day. 
right. is to draft a few things or maybe list three things or maybe share their closet once or twice. But I will say even the smallest of tasks, like I, I literally write shower in my planner because <laughs> it's something yeah. I can cross off my list. And I'm not joking. Like I get excited to be able to like highlight things and like once, once they're done. Um, and I also have this silly habit of like, I'll go back like if I didn't write it in my planner, but I actually did it. I'll write it down just so I can cross oh it my off. God, I do the same thing, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> and I write shower in because, you know, I do two or three videos a week. And so a lot of times I do have to like shower and look presentable for my videos. It's, it's just, you know, nobody wants to see me without makeup and looking like, you know, <laughs> I like to see you without makeup. Oh, you're sweet. But you know what I mean? Like I just, I do my videos the way I do them. I mean, I wish I was a little bit more casual sometimes, but now I feel like, I don't know. So I, that, that's just something I, I write in. So some, I, I will write a lot of that stuff. And one of the nice things about not to keep talking about the passion planner, but it's what I use. So there's a section it's like um, personal to do and then work to do, which is nice. So I can do like my top three things and you can do this on a notebook paper too, or, or in your Google calendar or whatever it does is not exclusive to passion planner. But um, you know, so my personal to do is like, you know, make appointments for the kids or call the dermatologist or call the appliance guy or whatever it is. And then I have my work priority ones. And so I can toggle between the two um, because they're, they're a different set of lists, but equally as important depending on the day. I also think, you know, we're talking very task oriented, but I think it's also important to remember to allow yourself to take a planned break or a scheduled break. You don't have to be go, go, go all the time. So maybe you write out your daily list as, you know, from maybe you have to time it out and you say from seven to 8 a.m. is my time to work on reselling. Then I have to take a big break from nine to 12 because I need to focus on homeschooling with the kids. And then I can work on reselling again from, you know, 1230 to 1.30. And then I'm going to actually take a break and do nothing until it's time to cook dinner. So I think it's important to put those breaks in for whatever it is that you need to do. Maybe it's doing nothing and maybe it's doing things that are related to just, you know, normal life because we forget about normal life as a uh, and, and Depending on your level of intensity, like I don't always have to remind myself to take a break because I'm pretty chill. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's time for coffee. And I didn't write that down. But like, depending, like some people, I, I do need to like shut it off at night more so. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's when I kick it into gear when Jay goes to sleep, like it's midnight before I know it. And I just have no business being up. I'd be more productive if I were asleep. But, um, but I, I do think it's important to take the breaks because you're working from home, be, because your home life, work life and all that stuff just blends so much now that I think probably more than ever, we have to define those different spaces in our day. Yeah. And I'm going to say, this is from my own experience. I think I become more proactive and productive at night because A, I do better at night, but Poshmark and their parties makes it difficult because of the West Coast. And I feel like because I'm on the East Coast, I need to be active at night while the West Coast people are hanging out and scrolling mm -hmm. through Poshmark. So mm -hmm. I blame Poshmark. Mm -hmm. That's what I blame. More yeah. than actually Poshmark, but the Poshmark buyers. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is tricky to... Um to, to accommodate the people on the West coast. I mean, I've, I have actually given myself permission and it wasn't until recently that, you know, when somebody asked me for measurements at quarter of 12 at night, it's really quarter of nine East coast or whatever, I mean, West coast. I just say, um, I, 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 you know, I acknowledge their, their question and I'll say, Oh, I would be happy to take measurements for you in the morning. Is that Okay. It took me a really long time to get to that. I would jump out of bed and go down three, two levels because my, my office, my studio is in the basement. And I would grab those things out, you know, just in hopes that someone would buy it. And then I just realized if somebody really wants it, you know, they will probably get it in the morning. And if somebody else responds to them and gives them a measurement, like I have to have some boundaries and I'm not great with boundaries, but that is something probably within the past four months that I just said, I'll give you your measurements in the morning. And I, I answer them, but that was hard for me. I just started doing that too, Lori, because I'm so guilty of doing the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, someone wants, someone needs a measurement. I got to get out of bed. I know that it's 1130 or midnight. I got to get out of bed. I got to go find it. I got to measure it. I got to get it. I, 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 what if they buy it? Yeah. Um, 
but I, I've stopped. I've done the same thing. I've messaged them and be like, hey, you know, it's midnight here on the East Coast. So tomorrow morning or tomorrow when I get home from work, I'll explain the situation. I'll send you a message with the measurements. And for the most part, people are understanding about it. So. Which is why I also try to do all of my measurements, because if I take measurements on 95 things, I'm going to get questions on the five out of a hundred that I didn't measure nine. It always happens. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I think that, um, so I guess that was just an example of something that I don't write on a calendar, but it is part of planning for me. And it's something it's, it's, it's a little structure that I've imposed in my day. Um, and because I, because I needed to, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about something that's not planning related, because I think this is also important, and it's keeping your space organized and clean, which is super challenging as a reseller. Super challenging. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it is. I mean, let's be honest. There's piles of clothes at any given moment, whether it's listed or unlisted. It doesn't necessarily have to be unlisted stuff. It could be stuff that's listed and you just haven't put it away yet. Yeah, that's my that's my uh, bottleneck right there. It's tough. So yeah, for me personally, I don't have the space, so I have to clean it up as soon as I'm done. Like I don't have a choice; it has to be put away. Which yeah, is good. I, I always say my space is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing that I have the space. It's a curse because there are a lot of nooks and crannies where I can stack things. Yeah. So, but it's nice when you find those nooks and crannies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've knock on wood. I, I have really improved um, as far as like not losing things as often as I used to. And I, I just think I'm trying to slow down a little bit and be more mindful about, you know, if I, if I measure something like one off, say if somebody calls me in the middle of the night and I measure it in the morning, like make sure I put it back or I've just been better about that. And I've tried to scale back my inventory a little bit. So um, the pandemic and Thriftless February really helped me catch up a little bit on that sort of stuff that I, I at times have felt buried in my office space. And isn't that the worst feeling where you can't get out of your own way? Like, how does that, how does that affect your productivity and your motivation, Lori? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am a person who, you know, like, with all of this discussion with planners, like I love to walk down to, so my, when I talk about my office, that's like my actual office on the main floor, uh, where I, where I do my, my printing, where I have my planner, my computer, and then my studio is in the basement. And that's where all my stuff is and all my inventory is right now. I am feeling overwhelmed because I have company coming this week and staying with us. So I feel this added pressure to have everything look good and be tidy. And, um, and I also have three huge piles for thread up the real real in the consignment store. And I feel like that is what's weighing me down right now. Like my actual inventory isn't terrible. I have a lot of stuff to put away, but those bins are in my studio space. I can just slide them out of the room, but I'm kind of purposely keeping them there because I, I need to move them out. And the last time I did a huge round to the real, real thread up in consignment stores was in late March. So it's been, you know, a few months of collecting stuff and it, it's definitely wearing on me. I have to like do something with those because it does, because I typically like being in my studio. I watch Netflix when I'm down there. I have like, I just kind of get in my zone. I put my AirPods in and days could go by like when my space is nice, but when it's a mess, like I, I minimize the time that I'm down there. Yeah. It's almost it's like an added anxiety without actually realizing that it's giving you that pressure of like, I just don't want to be here. Like I, I like the idea of a space that's, or, but organization looks different to everyone. So for me, it just means that there's nothing like cluttering the floor. I have like room to move. I have room to put things where I need to put them. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is stacked orderly with all these labels. Like it's not because that's not my, inventory system at all. Like we've said it before, my inventory system is just things thrown in totes that I know where they are. Like that's, that's my inventory system. Yeah. Like similar things. Like I, I yeah. think we have our inventory system the same. Like I yeah. have a row of bins that are just all tops and then a row that are all blazers and then a row that are all sweatshirts, like, and then jeans are in a different thing. So we organize our items according to category. Right. 
So for me, if I have things, because I've, I've run into this issue before and I finally bought two more totes. So I feel a bit better. My, I just, I buy a lot of shoes because they sell well and I enjoy um, photographing and selling them. But I mean, I had a two big tote bags filled with shoes and I was like, this is just not like, it's a disaster. Every time I need to find a shoe, I got to dump everything on the ground. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I finally got more totes um, and I made some room and I just feel a lot better. Like tonight I was telling Lori, it only took me a half hour to ship and half my sales were shoes. So, and I just knew exactly what tote they were in and I was able to grab them all and I was good to go. So I think having a clean space um, is helpful. I think it's also helpful. And I wrote this down as a cleanup after you photograph. So same, you know, putting the inventory away once it's photographed, whatever that means to you, whether that's putting it in a plastic bag and labeling it, you know, wh whatever that is for you. I think that's extremely helpful. Um, yeah. Can you think of anything else, Lori, to keep yeah. your space? Organized? No, just to piggyback on putting things away. Um, sorry. I just, did you hear Jay doing the dishes downstairs? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, I'm not going to complain. The man's doing dishes. I'm just going to shut my door. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, shop Foxborough. Yes. Yes. Can't think of her first name, hun. I'm so uh, I can't think of it either. Um, but anyways, she made a comment one time when I was talking about not being able to, um, not putting my inventory away. And she made a comment, Brittany, I'm sorry, it just came to me, Brittany. Um, she's like, I always put my inventory away. And, and her reason was something like, because I'm already touching it. So yeah, just, it, it's like, she just closes the loop and that sticks with me. Like, I'm like, okay, Laura, you just steamed it. You just photographed, you just measured, you just did a draft, like close the loop, like fold yep. this. You know, and if I didn't store myself stuff in the poly bags, I think I would put things away because there are a few things that I don't store in poly bags and that's denim and leggings um, and bras and um, tank tops and things like that because leggings all look the same. So I, I learned early on and so does denim in some cases that when I would fold them up and put them in packaging, I could never distinguish what jeans they were or what leggings so those, I noticed that the second I am done, I just fold them up and put them in that bin because I'm not putting them in the poly mailer. And I feel like the poly mailer is what slows me down. But I love that idea of, you know, you're already touching it. So why put it down, have to go back to it, have to refold it, have to possibly steam it because it's been on the bottom of a pile or whatever it is, you know, like when it's already in your hand, it's nice to just close the loop. So I'm not preaching this because I don't do it. <laughs> I thought that was a really, really good tip. And I'm thinking about doing it. Like, I, I just feel like that was a great, you know, she's just like, oh, I always do it because I'm just touching it once. I'm like, oh, that's so smart. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's whatever works for you, right? And it doesn't work for you right now to do that for, you know, and you have your reasoning for it. So one day, Lori, you may do I'm lazy. Start. That's my reasoning. <laughs> The honesty. Well, I'm just trying to get on to the next item. Um, well, because we have so many different things that we want to get to, right? And that I think is part of the problem is we're just always rushing around trying, trying to do the next thing. And this is totally relatable to everyday life as well. Like how many things do you start doing in your own household that you just never finish? Yeah. I mean, well, so I mean like project-based stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or you start washing the dishes and then you get pulled in 18 directions and then you realize three hours later, I never finished washing the dishes mm. because other things came up. You know, it's just, it happens. Yeah. I feel like recently my, my house has, my domestic side has really taken a hit. I mean, I was a stay at home mom for 19, 20 years and that was always my priority. And now you know, Jay's downstairs doing the dishes. Jay, Jay's office is upstairs. So he does a ton of laundry because he's just up here all day. And I feel like I'd like come up for air at some point from work, from my business. And I'm like, okay, who needs me? What do I need to do? Where does Rocco need to go? You know, I, it's like, but I'm, ha I'm not multitasking too well. I'm kind of just in the work zone, disproportionate to my home life lately. So yeah. That's okay though. We all get into those little breaks. <laughs> yeah. We, we all get into those little, they're not funks. They're just these little moments that we have where we just focus extra time on certain things and kind of let other things go to the side. Right. Right. 
So, yeah, so. Let's move on to our next one, Lori. The one that is the most work that I think a lot of us just don't ever want to do. Oh, yeah. So the next one is tracking your expenses. This is part of organization because <laughs> it is very important to your business to be able to track what it is you're spending, what's coming in, what's going out kind of thing. Um, right. So I think a lot of people know like what they should be doing. Yep. Um, but like, I, I would love to hear like, uh, you know, just strategies on how to do it and have it not be so painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's different for every person depending on how you track, I guess. So like for me, I, when I come home from the thrift store, sometimes when I'm in the car, um, when I'm, when I leave the thrift store, um, I use an app called Expensify. Um, and I know Quicken does the same thing. I take a picture of my receipt the second I get in my car. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't have to worry about it. And I take it, I log in my miles and everything, um, for that trip and that expense. And then it's done, it's put away. And I don't have to worry about if I lose the receipt, I don't care because I've already, scanned and put it into my app. Okay. So I do it from my phone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So I used Quicken for a short time and it was not Lori friendly or yeah. Lori was not Quicken friendly. I don't know which way you want to look at it. But um, so I kind of stack all of my receipts. Um, and then what Jay does, because he does a lot of my bookkeeping, but he, at the end of the month, when he looks at my expenses, he works out my mileage based on where my receipts are from. Gotcha. So like we know what the mileage is to the savers that I go to most frequently. We know what the mileage is to the Goodwill outlet. So I think we need to be a little more um, mindful when I do like trips, like where I'm bouncing around and such, but, um, but he just takes all of my receipts and we do my mileage based off my receipts at the end of the month. And yeah. I keep all of my receipts in like a little basket in my office in a cabinet. So that's what I do. They, they live in my purse for a little bit. And then when they get a little bulky, I take them all out and they go in my basket. So yeah. I'm probably a little more um, on paper. Yeah, I, I was doing, I was keeping, last year I kept all my receipts. I didn't use Expensify or anything. Um, now, I only know about Expensify because I used it in my previous place of employment and we had to track everything. I used to be on the road a lot. So um, I just got in the habit of always doing it whenever I bought anything, whether it was at Staples. That's um, such it, a great system, by the way. Yeah, you can track your, you can log your cards into um, like you can do the same thing in Quicken. You can do the same thing in Expensify. You can attach whatever cards it is that you use for your business. Um, and it extracts those, um, transactions and then you just label them accordingly. Then you can export the whole month. So you, you know, you would do August 1st to August 31st, export the, all those transactions in that month, label them accordingly. So I would label them accordingly on the, um, desktop version, I would quickly scan things on my phone, but then I would do the actual spreadsheet version where I'm extracting all the data um, on my computer. And then it just creates um, a monthly, I would do a monthly report. Um, so there's all different ways of doing it. So people keep like straight up spreadsheets and that's fine. Um, I, I like spreadsheets, but I like the idea of having something quick and easy on my phone. And then I can just kind of go into the website and, and do what I have to do at the end of the month. Um, but then you could take that data and put it into a spreadsheet because you can download it in a CSV file. So you could take all that from Quicken or Expensify and then put it into a spreadsheet mm -hmm. if that's how you do it. So, yeah. you know, I've been tracking my expenses this way because I'm just a very visual person. Um, I actually printed out some of those things from Passion Planner that it's like the year at a glance where you just have on the left-hand side, the numbers one through 31. And then across the top, it's January to December. And then they're just columns. So there's no days of the week or anything. So when I look at the month of August, I'm just like glancing from top to bottom one through 
31 or 31, whichever the month is. So um, they have these often at like the front of calendars for like just annual planning. Like, you know, that you have a wedding on June 23rd. And so you just write that in, but it's not like in calendar format. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I get um, what you're I saying. Describe, if I describe that. So like every, when I go shopping, when I come home, I just write the amount that I spent and where I shopped, like sometimes I'll just write GWB, Goodwill Bins, or SM for Savers Marlboro, or wherever, you know, I just do like little abbreviations. And then I'll just write the, the amount that I spent. So I can just at a glance, look down the column and just add up like, whoa, Lori, you've already spent $350 this month on inventory. You know, and, and if I have a budget in mind that I want to spend, because honestly, I was not tracking it for a while. I mean, we were tracking it because Jay would tell me at the end of the month, like I'd say, how much did I spend this month? And, <laughs> but I mean, I need to take a little ownership of that. But yeah, like just that little visual. So I come in and I will just write it down. And I don't know, that's been actually really, really helpful for me because I like seeing it in a column. And then right next to it is the month before. So I can I can compare it to what I spent the month before and I can see trends or I can see, you know, if I'm shopping at one particular spot often or whatever it is, it's, it's actually been kind of a fun little exercise for me. And I, it's a system that seems to be working. I think um, to go off of that, I think seeing the numbers, so forget the tracking part of it, right? Cause that's like, a, that's a task that you have to do. It's almost like a mindless thing. Like, okay, yep. Scan, got that, spent mm -hmm. this much. Then mm -hmm. when you're actually seeing like, day in and day out how much you're actually spending at either a thrift store or in gas or whatever it is it really puts things into perspective on okay i need to pump the brakes a little like oh, it I went, totally does i went a little over i know the thrifts are really good the last few days but like i need to just stop focus on what i have you know move some inventory and then we can reassess in like a week yeah know? i have really really enjoyed this new system and i mean i just I just started this, like I printed it out online and I like double-sided sticky taped it <laughs> into the front of my planner on two pages that were like, that kind of explain the passion planner that's in every planner that I didn't need. And I actually have to turn my book to look at it because it, it goes really long, like vertically. So I just love the visual and yeah, for sure. I'm like, whoa, like, I don't think I ever like looked at it like that on a month to month basis. And it's, it's been really um, eye opening. I've liked it a lot. There's those instances. And I'm like, so guilty of this, like the last three or four days where the thrift store has actually been so good to me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm, I'm overspending. Like I am spending way, way too much money just in the last four days that like, I basically can't source all of September because I've used all my money. There's no way you're not sourcing in September. Oh, I'm absolutely sourcing in September because <laughs> I literally have made all my money back with two sales today. So, oh, that's good. you that know, good. so it's like, um, but when you, but when you're looking at it before you're making those sales, you're like, what is wrong with me? Like, why did I spend so much money? But then the other part of me is, well, you have had such dry spells in the thrift stores or it hasn't been great every time you just found all this great stuff. It's going to move quickly. You know, it's items that are going to move quickly. You made an investment. Like you, ha I almost have to like train yeah. myself. Daniela, you don't have to justify your purchases to me. <laughs> Not to you. <laughs> you really <don't. laughs> to my husband, I do. <laughs> No, he got he got super excited today. I feel like you're in a confessional booth. Yeah, you sold right. some Louboutins today. Yeah, so I so sold the lubes today. So I got those at um, the Norwood Savers uh, two weeks ago. Oh and my they, gosh! They really like. I paid four forty nine for them, oh plus twenty percent off. Plus twenty percent off. Okay, and uh, but they were not like they were very unique style very like vintage-esque like you know the round peep toe not a typical style you would see from from uh, Louboutins um, but it had the red bottom but it had the red so, bottom yes it did you know so I had priced them at 295 because I figured I mean I'm gonna price them high I'm not gonna price them at you know what, what what's that the so Kate is that the name of it? the one that everyone wants mm -hmm. I don't know there's the one that everyone wants I think it's called the so Kate or the Kate or I don't know anyway um you know those are priced at like four or five six hundred dollars then well mm -hmm. you know these are not them um so I priced them at 295 figuring that I'd you know get offers between like that two to 250 or even lower um and I'd work with it uh, but I was so upset because they weren't really getting any attention like 
I maybe had two or three likes on them. And then I opened my app today and uh, someone paid for them outright. And I was like, oh, oh okay. All right. Best. It's, a good, it's a good day. It is a good day. Oh, that congratulations. Happens. That is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And it puts, it puts me closer to reaching one of my financial goals that I have. So that was a very good sale. And that entire, that whole sale made up for all the sourcing and some that I did over the last few days. So that also made me feel good. (laughs) That is always such a nice feeling. Yep. I love after any haul, like when you make your first one or two sales and it covers your costs and then the rest is gravy like that. I'm always just looking for those first few sales because that usually will cover a trip, you know? So that is fantastic. And I try to source that way too. Like when I'm finding items, um, I try to find items that I know if I sell one or two of the things I'm picking up, it's going to pay for everything. Mm. That's typically how I source too. That's exciting. That's yeah. So that was, that was a good, Good thing you sold your Rothy's. Let's add that in there too. Oh yes, I did sell my Rothy's. That that was that was a quick flip. And um, you know, when you're in the moment where you're buying these things, I, I mean, I know Rothy's decently well, but like I don't know all the designs that are retired, and I don't know which ones are. I don't know any of them that are retired. I have no idea which ones are retired, which ones aren't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the pair that I found was retired, and they were on the bottom. Well they were like four bins apart at least. And the one, you know, when I found the first one, um, it was in the bottom corner. Like I was ready to walk away from the bin and they were white with light pink and blue stripes. And it was like, I'm always, it always blows my mind when you pull something out of a dirty bin and it like lights are shining from it. I know. I know. I just don't know how it happens. Um, your story about the uh how you how you got the other the the matching pair so if you guys haven't watched Lori's newest video that came out today on Sunday you need to watch it because it's a really good story I know I like I did a disclaimer in the beginning I'm like if you're just interested in the haul fast forward to 11 15 (laughs) because I'm gonna talk about one thing for like 10 minutes so just tell everyone up front because it was total story time. But I mean, the, the two second version of it is that I found that one. Um, there was a gentleman who was sharing the bin with me. You're only supposed to be one person to a bin. And um, I decided to let him stay because we were looking for different things. And I had handed him a shoe and then I had swapped shoes with two other women who were looking for shoes that I had because I was so focused on my Rothy. And then I only found one. And um, I walked like several bins all the way around to the opposing bin on the opposite side because that was also shoes. Looked through that whole bin, no Rothy's. And I was really sad. And I was like moving on to like start looking at clothes because we only have 90 minutes per rotation and time was ticking. So I looked up and I was ready to walk away. And the guy who had shared the bin with me had like long since left. And he was like three bins down on the other side. And I looked up and he was just walking towards me with the Rothy in his hand. And he didn't even say anything. He just handed it to me and walked away. He was like this little angel <laughs> who just like handed me the Rothy. I honestly like could not believe it. And that and the Rothy was like one of the first things I put in my cart. So um, like you said, Daniela, then I was like, if I find nothing else today, this day was worth it. But even so, like I had bought retired Rothys before that I had priced high and they sat for a decent amount of time. And I think in the end sold for like $150. Um, and I got an, a $200 offer on my Rothy's in like an hour. So that was, that was good. Yeah. I think just to go off of that, just because you find Rothy's doesn't mean you're going to get top dollar for them either, because if they're a style that they constantly have on their website, people are not going to want to pay Oh, right. Definitely. And I mean, I definitely think Rothy's is getting a little bit watered down like anything. I mean, I think it was like a huge thing to find them six months ago. And now they're a little more prevalent and people know more about them and they're more showing up on, you know, um, Poshmark and eBay. So they're, they're not as like a huge of a score as maybe they once were, but, um, still exciting. And honestly, it's all about timing, you know, that somebody happens to want the shoes that you're selling in the size that you're selling them in. So much of this is about timing. So sometimes you just get lucky. Yes. But either way, we both had very good sales the past few days. So it's very exciting. Um, Okay. The last thing we're going to talk about, guys, is um, something that not all of us can do. 
Um, but if you are at this point of your business, I think it's okay to do, and it is outsourcing tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Poshmark users, that may be sharing or um, listing services. So you can find people on Instagram that do this. You can um, hire out someone in your family to share and list for you. Um, Fiverr is a great website you can go to and hire someone overseas. Um, or even someone local, there's local people on there too, you know, within the country as well. Um, but there are services out there that are, um, compliant to Poshmark's terms and conditions that you can use. So that are non-compliant that you can also use. Yes. There are also non-compliant ones as well. So it all depends on what you want to do. It is your business. You do what you want. Comfort level. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's always something you could do. Uh, something else would be like hiring someone to process the inventory, like take photos for you. Like uh, our friend Denali does that, El Ducho. Um, she has someone that um, helps process her inventory. So that's this great. Is what I need. But this is something I need. This I was going to say, Lori, I think you're at the point where you need to get someone in to help you out. Yeah. And I just, I mean, it's honestly, it's hard to find good help is all I can say. Like, I think most kids who I would want to hire 16, 17 years old, make more money babysitting. Like the going rate in my town is $20 an hour for babysitting. Wow. I need to babysit in your town. Yep. And I can't pay people. I mean, I could, I could pay somewhere between 15 and $20 an hour for a maybe five to 10 hours a week, but I really can't do much more than that. And even that, like there's going to be a lot of time spent on training Yep. And then there are no guarantees. And then it's just the whole like letting go of, of that, whatever section it is that you hand off to an employee. Um, but, I, but I do think if you want to scale at some point, those are things you have to give some consideration to, like letting go of the stuff that can be reproduced by somebody else other than yourself. Um, like nobody else can source like me. Um, right. and buy exactly the things that I want to buy. Nobody else can be behind the cam, be in front of the camera. People can be behind the camera, right. in front of the camera for YouTube. Um, so those are exclusive to me, but then, but there, there are things that I can let go of, but it's just a matter of getting my act together and budgeting for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think not everyone's at this point in their business, but you can also have someone in your family help you, whether it's children or maybe your husband can help you with certain things. Like, Lori has um, her husband that helps with the bookkeeping side of it. I know my husband wants to start helping with the bookkeeping side of it. By all means, you can do it for me. You know, Um, you know, I, that's one thing I don't have to worry about. So uh, there's that. There are some people out there in the reselling world that don't shop anymore and they just deal with the actual business itself. Um, So they hire shoppers. So a lot of bigger resellers you will see do this. Um, Some of them are, are on YouTube. Um, and they outsource that. I would hate outsourcing the shopping. I would never <laughs> I could outsource never. the shopping. If there's one thing I would keep doing myself, it would be the shopping. <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing. That That's what brings me the most joy. So in research, I mean, there are a lot of parts that I do like, but I could never give that up. But yeah, that's, it's not, some people can do without. They like the, they like the behind the scenes stuff more. Yeah. So that's another thing you could do. Um, for social media, in terms of posting, there's scheduler programs out there. So Lori, what was the one that you started using? Was it Monday? Uh, it is called Later. Later, Later. Yeah. I use Later. And then I had started to use an app called Affy. I was um, approached to do a partnership with them and I was all geared up to do the video and their site went down and it's been oh, down no. a, a while. So um I used it for a short time and I, I really did like it quite a bit, um, but it's not available right now. So later has been good, but I only have the free version of later, uh, but I use it constantly because you can use, um, you can do your things on a desktop, which for me is, is always what I'm looking for. But the downside is you can't do carousel listings. You can only do one photo listings. You can't upload video. Um, with the free version, uh, in the paid version of later, you can store groupings of hashtags and you can tag people like your photo, but you can't, you can't do any of that with the free stuff. You have to manually, manually put in all your hashtags, but you can do all your editing on a desktop, which to me has been just amazing. I love it. Yeah. So that's an option. Um, yeah. I know I liked using that very similar. We used HubSpot, um, where I worked 
and that it has multiple capabilities, but one of them was scheduling posts to all different platforms. So um, that can be a big time saver of social media is your biggest focus and what you want to grow. Um, and the last thing that Lori touched upon too is for, let's say you're a YouTuber and when it comes to making videos, you, there are people that can help produce your content, edit your content, create music for your content, um, create scripts for your content. I mean, there's all different types of services out there. Again, you can use Fiverr. Um, and I'm sure there's people locally to you too, that would do that. So yeah, that's an option. Yeah. Those are all, that was a good thing to put into the outline. Danielle is talking about outsourcing because taking some of those things off your plate can really just lighten the load and help you focus on stuff that only you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like that. I think that's it guys. So that wraps things up. Yeah. Now I feel like I need to go like reorganize everything in my life. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do like talking about organization. I am not a naturally organized person whatsoever. I grew up in a very unstructured home. Um, and, but I'm also, I, I, I like that I'm free flowing and that's just who I am. I also, you know, I think it's important to embrace who you are, realize what your strengths are, realize what you might need some assistance with or things that you need to focus on a little bit more that may not come naturally to you. So organization is one is a, one of those things for me, which is why maybe I've latched on to things like the passion planner because I found something that works for me. Right. So, you know, find something that works for you and stay with it because once once you find things that make you tick and, and help your day run smoothly, then that that's a great thing. Yes, I agree. And I hope you guys found some value in what we share with you today. Hopefully you're walking away with a few new tools or ideas under your belt. And uh, yeah, I think feel free to share with us on our Instagram um, post about today's episode, some of your best organization tips, because we can all benefit from learning from each other. So I'd love to hear your tips too. Yeah. It's, I love when you guys reach out to us and let us know whether it's in your stories or whether you're commenting what you guys are doing or what helped you or what you've learned. It's always very nice and helpful to hear from you guys. So we know what kind of content, you know, you guys are interested in and what you enjoy hearing us talk about. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and we hope you have a productive week. Yes. And I will talk to you guys next week for another coffee talk episode. Bye-bye. Right. Bye everyone.